fellas, welcome back. Episode 13 of Rise Up, the podcast. A little two-week hiatus. This is the longest we've been away from each other. How are you fellas doing? I miss you guys, man. Fuck, I mean, it's, it's, we, we're used to seeing each other every week. We're all used to ca- talking about, you know, every week. But now we I, getting these two weeks, though, I kind of get to think a little bit more. I feel like I'm getting to uh, ponder useful conversation where I was kind of probably just bullshitting a little bit more on those V-weeklies. Back a little too soon for me. I could have used some more time. But hey, <laughs> play your role. Well, I hope you do have your thinking cap on, Scotty, because we have a great episode in store. We have a huge interview with Jack Rowlett. Um, he's going to recap the season for us. I know it was a little disappointing at the end of the year for him. They you know they lost to the championship. But then we get to preview, um, you know, a little bit of offseason. We're going to, you know, educate the listeners on what's going on this year in the PLO offseason, a little different than the past. We're going to touch upon some of the offseason moves that the Chaos have to make, as well as the Atlas. And, you know, just really educate the fans on what's going on this offseason. And that's what we're going to be doing uh, until the new year on these bi-week or bi-monthly episodes. Awesome. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for this, man. Looking forward for the future here. I got uh, some good verbals. Uh, the pod's taking off some good reputation in, in the league. Uh, I got Kyle Bernlor verbally committed. We got him on the loop for one of the guests. And then we got uh, Grant Amon from this weekend. Uh, obviously, Greg knows him very well from being a PA guy, Philly guy. Uh, he was he was jacked up to be a part of this, just getting the ask. So, um, uh, you know, they, like I said, boys, to the moon. No, I love it. I was actually down this weekend in New Jersey playing in a golf outing with a bunch of Penn State Lacks alumni. Actually, Greg, um, they were bringing you up. Um, I played in the Connor Darcy Memorial Golf Tournament. And, um, you know, Connor's actually a second cousin of mine. My my dad's married to a Darcy. So grew up kind of, you know, we're both Massachusetts kids. I actually ended up being able to play against him for one year, um, Villanova versus Penn State. And then obviously, unfortunately, he passed away in a tragic car accident. But it was great to, you know, you know, be with the Lax community, um, share great memories. I know I'm a little bit of an outsider in the Penn State Lax community, but they welcomed me in. We had a great time and uh, reminisced, and they brought up the podcast. You know, they love what we're doing. And, you know, fucking rights, boys. You got to keep this thing moving. Oh, yeah, baby. That's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Penn State alumni is broken into two very specific groups. You have the Jeff Tambroni era. Super, really dialed in lacrosse players, upstanding guys. They wear suits on the away games. And then you have the degenerate generation of Glenn Thiel and my ilk of guys who mostly were from Philly, were good athletes, not terrific lacrosse players. And we had a very different college experience than the upstanding gentleman of the Tambroni era. Very interesting. In your defense, I played against those. Remember, that's how me and you met with the cutoff sleeves. Me and you met at the midfield. Oh, I was I'm not saying we weren't good. But that was the inside <laughs> the dome with uh, the Forrester twins, right? The Forrester brothers. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Forrester is actually a coach at LaSalle now. Yep. Hogan was the midfielder uh, that was shooting. Hogan was there the year after I graduated. Yep. So I played a lot of Hogan. Um, and then Chris Garrity on your end, who was a legend that I look up to. And then obviously Drew Adams got his start, um, with you guys. So that was, that was, I felt like that was a, yeah, I mean, even if you call that the degenerate error, that was a very good degenerate error. We're talking off the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got That'll you. be the bonus you. coverage for those who longtime subscribers this time next year. I got you. Listen, I, I told you guys before, I did a visit to Penn State one time while I was in college. It, you'd have to try to avoid a good time there. It's not hard to find. 
Yeah. Oh, shout out, by the way, to Coach Tambroni. Penn State just locked up the arguably number two or three best faceoff guy in the 2024 class, Reed Gills. So congratulations on that. Good deal. Good deal. Getting that pipeline going, Greg. We love it. And, you know, before we get into our Jack Rowlett interview, um, obviously this podcast is sponsored by our two presenting sponsors, uh, Roback being one of them. Uh, you know, I mentioned I played golf. I play golf a ton. I'm always wearing our Roback gear that they've hooked us up with. Uh, make sure when you go check out that Roback gear and you like what you see, use promo code RISEUP20. Get you that gear. I'm rocking that hat. I think Scotty's rocking his as well. Um, it's good to see Greg in a polo shirt every once in a while, looking like an upstanding citizen. And then we have our other presenting sponsor, Level Select CBD. It is formulated with premium CBD and complementary active ingredients to deliver results that you can feel. Level Select produces their own premium quality CBD and can deliver the best products to you for the best prices. And it's all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. We've talked about this every week. I'm using the the CBDs infused with the melatonin. It's it's fantastic. I got to get some more of the vitamin C ones. Those are great when you're feeling a little under the weather as the weather's changing into the cold. But fellas, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors. Yeah, man. Just ordered more yesterday. More gummies. Yeah, it sounds great, man. I love it. Like I said, moving forward here, we got uh, great things going on. I think there's going to be some more members to the team. Uh, great conversation with uh, possibly doing an at live on my end, uh, possibly with a food prepping service that is used by many athletic teams in the professional sports community, uh, that, that is potentially going to be a big, big piece of what we do. So, uh, love that. And, and then to the moon, like I said, love it. That's a nice little teaser for the fans, Scotty. And, and with that was being that, said, without was further ado, is that a teaser ad read? I, I think it was. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm in sales, buddy. We push. We push. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, without further ado, we're going to kick it over to our interview with Jack Rowlett. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Jack. And uh, fans, take a listen in. We hope you enjoy it. Everybody, welcome to the podcast, Defender for Chaos Lacrosse Club, Jack Rowlett. We're super excited to have you on. Fellas, give this man an intro. Yo, man, I, listen, Jack's probably, I got to work a couple camps recently with Jack before I retired. And, Got to know him a little bit, and he's my kind of guy. You know, he knows that. I, I tell him that all the time. But he's 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 you know salted earth kind of guy. He's he's grinder. Greg and I are both blue collar. I know that's very similar to how we played and how we grew up. Uh, Jack's all that, and and obviously he's one of the best defenders in the game. But he plays with a chip that is fucking massive on his shoulder, and I love that about him. Yeah, Jack, I, what I love about you is whether you're on the field or just hanging out with us on camera right now, you look like you're either going towards or coming from beating someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's one of the best intros we gave to anyone, Jack. You fucking best. I knew I, I knew I had to turn it over to you guys. I, I, you know, we, you were high on our list, Jack, to get on because we know, you know, you like to speak your mind. You play with a chip. You let it fly. Um, so we're pumped to have you on, man. Thanks so much. Not for sure. Appreciate you guys having me. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, Jack. Oh, so yeah. We, go, yeah, yeah, shoot we, for it, Scotty. Go right into yeah, it. Yeah, I got some. I'm ready to get them. So, Jack, you know, a big thing we were talking about prior to the episode was obviously the success of your team. You know, we'll touch on that. But big, big stuff coming up here with the uh, the restructuring of the, you know, the allocation of money, right? How it's going to be done for every team. Yeah. So every team, right? And, and I know you guys have a couple guys. I think you, it's a few of you guys are still locked in, right? You're, yourself and Blazer. Me, Blazer, 
Dane, Josh, I think Glick as well. Is are all three year guys? Last year was year one of that. Yeah, so that's I like that, I feel like that's yeah, and I feel like that's the core. I, listen, when I, I know that's a lot of change to go through, but my question for you is: knowing that those five guys are coming back, you Blazer, Josh, you know, Burn, and uh, and Dean. I feel like that's like that's the heart and soul right there. I, mean, I don't want to discredit anybody, even even Glick. You know, I know how Glick everybody you know looks at him. Um, with that said, if there was change, do you guys you know that's that's the core base you would want to be still there? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you we we've had a pretty similar team at least on the defensive side of the field the last three years. You know, making like some good playoff runs. Um, you know. Hopefully, you know, guys enjoy the locker room. Hopefully, guys enjoy playing with myself, Blaze, you know, and want to be back and want to be part of that, you know, push for a finals. You know, I think it may be a little bit trickier on the offensive side because we've had a lot of different combinations last three years. So, you know, that's where Towers and Panetta are going to have to get, you know, they're going to make tougher decisions, I'm sure. You know, defensively, it's, again, it's, you know, guys like Pat Resch, I think he's someone that's super undervalued. He plays hard as shit Glee every guy. time he's out there. Yeah. Matt yeah. Reese, you know, Blaze said it best. Like, Matt Reese probably swings the hardest stick in the PLL. When it just comes to, like, one slash, could be Matt Reese, you know. And then, obviously, like, Jared Newman's a huge piece for us that, you know, would love, love, love to get Jay New back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys have 19 guys hitting the market. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely weird. We're, we're, uh, we're like a – kind of a funky team. We definitely had a bunch of pieces from the MLL merge, like the MLL merge plus that year's rookie draft. I think we had like, that's a lot of our guys when it comes to like, you know, Ryan Smith, KJ, Burry, you know, Tanner Cook. That was like all those years. Some of those guys came in. So, you know, that's definitely like Mac O'Keefe was that year as well. So a lot of guys on contracts. It's just the way it kind of lined up. Um, yeah. yeah. Jack, just. You know what's interesting, uh, Jack, is. You know, when I think of two teams that I think, you know, when it comes to, to this type of free agency, like Whip Snakes obviously have a core based on where they played, right? Most of those guys played in Maryland, so they would probably want to stick around into that group. I think of the chaos as well, just because I feel like Andy has created a locker room where, like, these are his types of guys. And, you know, tell me a little bit about how hard it would be to try to leave that locker room. Extremely tough, right? You know, like when I got drafted, Coach Brescia at UNC, he told me immediately, he was like, look, you're a Towers guy. He's like, just trust me. I know you don't know him, but like you're a Towers guy. I couldn't like agree more now that I've, you know, played for four years with him. But um, it would be, it would be really weird, I think, to play in a different locker room. Like the way, the way we go about practices, the way we go about pregame, like Towers lets us do our own thing. He doesn't micromanage us nights before games. We don't have like meetings like that. We come in, practice hard. We try to compete with each other. You know, um, his whole thing was like we needed more confrontation in practice. Like, I mean, so me and Josh just started banging heads every time we practice together. Like, you know, he's turning, shooting off my hip in practice. Like, we're getting into each other. But, like, you know, that's the locker room he's built. And that's the locker room I like playing in where it's, like, high intensity the entire time. But it's soon, as soon as it's done, like, those are your brothers. Like, those are guys you'll fight for every day, right? So, you know, but not saying you- other groups. Yeah, and the interesting piece of what you said is is the guys that you drafted early on, right? Those young guys have got you guys through. I call them the NLL time, 
right? I, I feel like every year you guys go through an NLL transition time where those guys got to kind of rest their legs or they go deep runs into the playoffs. And then a lot of those Buffalo Bandits guys are together, which are also chaos guys, you know. I feel like those young guys do serve a purpose and they've kind of bought into that role of, listen, we're going to get us through that grinder of a maybe a three-week, four-week stretch in the PLL. That's a hard role. And I was talking to Greg and, and Danny earlier to accept that role with the egos that go to in the pro, pro, pro sports. You got to really have some good guys that buy into your culture because a lot of these guys are saying, why am I not sticking around? Well, you know, why am I not playing? Well, Josh Burns there and, and Dane Smith's there and you have to assume that they're going to plug in and they're going to do their job when they, and they do every year. So it, I feel like, do you feel like that might be a little bit of a challenge? Maybe just to get, you know, you want to retain some of the guys that could accept that role, right? A- absolutely. Right. You, you want to accept guys. And then even, you know, to even maybe further your point, right? Like guys who might have to be like the number one option in the NL time. That maybe they're still on the roster, but just in a different role. Like they're not getting the ball first. Like I think a guy like Mac O'Keefe, right? Yeah. The first couple of games of the year, he was scoring two, three goals a game for us because he was our primary go-to guy. You know, Josh comes back on the left-hand side. You know, Kluge comes back. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Mac's not getting the ball as much, but he's still having efficiency. Like those are the type of guys that you got to keep in the locker room. Guys that are really okay with, you know what, coach? You tell me my role. I'm gonna go execute that to the best of my ability. And again, like those are the guys you want to play with. Yeah. And you know what? Not to mention, too, the thing that people are forgetting is salary, right? You're going to be a starter those first few weeks. You're probably a minimum wage or a little bit higher guy. You're going to be bumped off for a guy who maybe he's making 50, maybe he's making 60. And you have to be okay with, hey, I'm a starter. I think there's a decent amount of guys who would like that role because I used to say this in the MLL, like Rochester Rattlers used to have this issue every year. Where, you know, they, they're getting pumped the first few weeks because none of their starters are there. But that's your opportunity. If you're a guy who came from another team or maybe you're a fringe guy and you're minimum wage, that's your opportunity to say, hey, look, you put in three goals the first game of the season, you build up your ability. Maybe you don't make the, maybe you don't make the starting roster when all the guys come back from the chaos, but you give yourself a lot more value from a trade standpoint and from an offseason standpoint. So, I think there's a decent amount of guys who who wouldn't be who would be fine with that role because it's a chance to prove yourself. I, I love that. I mean, we we drafted a kid John Donville from Maryland. He right, he played the first game for us, played great, didn't have a spot, but he played every game for the Cannons, right? So like, yeah. no, again, I think I think there is something desirable about that kind of knowing, you know, I will get kind of like a little test run in a sense, yeah. or like I will be able to play some games and show myself. Jack, yeah, Jack, to talk to me about, I want to pivot here to, to you, right? Because you, you know, your, your performance and, and how you've been evolving as a pro watching you has been awesome, especially being a friend of yours and watching how you've been like kind of taking that personally. And, and I love that about you that listen, you're not trying to make friends out here. Uh, if, if you are friends, great. If you're not, you're still going to get, you're still going to get it from you. So, um, you know, I always ask the guys every time I get a player on, Goalies, especially like who's there when they look across from themselves. Like Blaze said, it was uh, Kyle Burnlaw. He looks across that field. He sees Burnlaw. He wants to turn it up. What's a guy that gets you going? I, my guess was like Grant Amit. I always said that whenever you play Grant, it's a fucking lockdown, but also Lyle. I mean, there's so many one Dodgers and guys. Who's your favorite or your best matchup you believe? You know, I, I like Aaron Grant. Me and Grant have known each other for like 10 years plus. So it's kind of like a, like almost like a brother brother rivalry where you just like love to beat him up. The guy personally, like, I like guarding Zed. Like, he has, like, 
50-ish pounds on me, right? So he's a like, big fuck. <laughs> you know his game plan. He's not going to try to deceive you, right? He's going to try to run through your chest. Like, he's going to call you out. And like, you know, I'm going to go right here and try to hit you. So I love that type of shit. Like, give me a matchup where, you know, I don't have to worry about where you're going. We're just going to fight the entire game right <laughs> on that spot. Like, yeah. I will be okay with that type of uh, matchup. And now, again, that being said, he's had games where, you know, a couple years ago in the bubble, right, he blew up in the fourth quarter. Like, I get that, but, you know, I, I do really like guarding him. You know, he's a great player, obviously, but, you know, I like that type of matchup where Physi- it's just mono, mono, mono. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. Um, and I know it's still a little fresh, but we, we got to bring it up. You know, we had Blaze on before you guys' playoff run, and he and he told us, he said, you know, doesn't fucking matter what happened in the regular season. We're, we're making a run. Like, you better believe it. And he, he spoke with such conviction, and we, we bought in. And, you know, tell us more, you know, about the run, you know, maybe a little bit of lackluster regular season. You know, we talked about, you know, NL guys having to come in and readjust. But tell us about the regular season, maybe a little bit of a bummer, but then, you know, you guys hit your stride and, you know, made it to a championship championship game you got to you got a chance to defend your title tell us about that a little bit more yeah i mean all you can ask for it is like to play as many games as the pll allows so i told paul that in the, like the pre uh the pre-game like press conference right they put out this many weekends we played in the last one you know that's what you aim for is play in that championship game um and you know obviously we didn't have a great regular season but even in some of the games we lost towards the end of the, like that atlas game in seattle last game yeah. of the regular season we lost by a goal and it's like you know, we gave up five man down goals, a couple in transition. It's like you look at it like I'm okay with the result there. Like we, the process was okay. We thought we were moving in a good direction. You know, playoff time comes and it's like that's the best because of how small the league is still. Right? Like you have some personal vendetta against every team in the league that season yeah. because of one one reason or another. Right? Yeah. So if like for me, it was like Brendan Nickter kind of got the better of me the first time we played. Like. I, I had to lock in. Like, that was unacceptable of me. Like, I had to go out and get him. Like, you know, and you could find those matchups all over the field, right? Whether it was Josh and JT down at that end, whether it was Blaze and Scannoni and Nett, you know, on both sides, you know, whether it's Adler and Farrell at the X, right? Like, we got beat in a lot of areas earlier, but it almost gives you, like, more focus, more intensity going back into that, you know. So we got two of those games in a row, uh, Chrome and uh, Archers, right, where, you know, they got the better of us. We had some kind of, unfinished business and in the water Dogs game we came down we uh you know we gave gave it a good run honestly um they were just playing really really well is yeah. kind of what it comes out to I, I thought they were you know from an individual standpoint right like i think all of their middies are guys that could get a pull you know their attack was playing fantastic at the end of the year right you know sours when it comes down to it you know he didn't get too many like postseason accolades but he may be the toughest just yeah. Put one guy one on one out there, like just go get a bucket one on one, no one else on the field. He might be the hardest cover there. So like he showed some of that down the stretch. And I dude, and, and I know how hard you train your footwork and like I watch your drills on like Instagram. I, I watch you train off season, like you're dude, working fastest on fastest player in the PLL right here. Dude, he Don't is right? forget that. Well, yeah, Ralph. <laughs> but- Who knew? Who knew? When you're talking about covering Sowers, for instance, and I know you're a footwork defenseman. I know you're a guy that's te- – you work effortlessly on that stuff. And it's like, dude, what is what is so special about that? Like, is it his change of direction? Is it? He looks like he gets shot out of a gun, dude. He's a guy where he's so quick you want him to make his move early, but it's almost a detriment to you if you do that because then he has space, right? He can run you off a pick better. 
really the best way to guard him would be to not throw any checks, sit down and try to just match his first move, <laughs> speed to speed. That's just pretty fucking scary, to be honest, like yeah. to try to just go man up with him on his little cuts. So, again, and, you, right? and, and I feel like you kind of want to be physical, like as a guy like you or anyone, really, they look at him and they say, I, I could beat him physically. Right, so you try to get your, you try to get your hands on him, and he's like, T-t-t-t-t-t. if you get him on the island, you can win. But it's like one of those things; it's just so tough to get through the picks. That's the other thing, right? Like yeah. that Water Dogs team, they didn't slip one pick the entire season, at least against us. Anytime they were sending picks, it was always a hard pick to get their matchup. So Contact. that just added like another element. Now, if he was just going one on one behind the goal, like. I'd feel way more comfortable with that being able yeah. to match whatever. But they're setting hard picks. They're they're making contact. They're trying to get you to yeah. And, yeah. And I would say they set the best like in the entire league, right? Like a lot of teams have maybe like one or two guys that are like go. They set picks behind the goal all the time. Maybe it's a box guy or whatever that's really good at that. I felt like it didn't matter who they sent back there. Connor Kelly, Conrad, like Courier. I, I could not find a way around those dudes for some reason. Like they were just. They found me wherever I end up trying it to tends to be It tends to be the Canadian guys that set those greasy picks, aren't they? They set those oh. ass-out ass out picks, maybe get you a little yeah, bit. They definitely make contact. You the other side at the last second. Like you think it's on your left and it hits you on the right side. Yeah, shit sucks. Yeah. But Sowers is also great at setting the pick up. Like I think there's a lot of guys who depend on the pick being where it needs to be, but he's very good at setting you into the pick. Um, which is something that I think younger players need to get better at in general. Oh, yeah. um, I think tell us really- about tell us about the environment of the of the championship game because Scotty Sibes and where I were on the sideline, it felt like a like it felt like a like a different like one of the big four type of championships, right? Like when you go to a another sport and they have their championship or divisional playoff, whatever you almost feel like you can feel the energy as you get into the stadium. And that's not something lacrosse was really known for. Um, tell us about that setting for the championship game this year. Now I look, I thought the water dogs fans, they traveled, right. Uh, you know, you could hear them chanting 100%. I could like, there would be a play. Like, he would make a cut, and I would just like put my stick on the ground to like change direction. The whole crowd would be like, ooh, like no, dude. <laughs> but I, like. But to your point, though, like that doesn't, you know, that was one of my f- first, you know, of a couple experiences in lacrosse with that style of environment, right? I was like that, like maybe the final four or yep. two of those type of things. So no, you know, I would say yeah, the the Water Dogs fans traveled right. And, you know, they were into the game. You could feel, like, the emotion surrounding it. You know, like, Wardo makes those saves at the end of the first half, right? You could hear the crowd get louder with everyone. Uh, it was it was exciting for sure. What's it like playing, you know, obviously you've been with Blaze the whole time, right? And you both, you both have came from, right, Jack, you came for, you played a year in the MLO or no? No, nah, straight in. No, so you got, oh, you're, 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 uh, you've already had the good uh, life. You're spoiled. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the good life. So playing with Blaze, kind of knowing his how he was, and that's why Blaze and I are very good friends, obviously, because he came from a backup role, starter role. Like he sat behind Johnny G for a while. Um, when he got in there, locked in that first year when you were a rookie, like what was so different about him? Because I know how much you guys kind of um, respect him. I know you always have his back. As a goalie, you know, as a former goalie, watching that is amazing that, that you guys – oh, even because there's been games he has terrible games. And guess what? We all do. And you guys always have him, right? And that's such a good feeling for a goalie to have that. What is it about him that makes him so special? 
No, I mean, you guys said it before, right? Like, I feel like every time he speaks, it's with so much confidence and just, like, just oozes, like, that. You just buy into whatever he says. And, again, it's just in the way he talks, right? So, like, you know, it always seems like he sees the bigger picture. Like, you know, there was a situation in the playoffs this year. We got scored on in a playoff game, and we're, like, all huddling up, like, trying to discuss what happened. And he just comes up to me comes up to us he's like fellas little ball big net it's gonna happen sometimes i'll get the next one <laughs> and it's like, right, yeah, he doesn't care it's okay he was like yep I'll, I'll figure it out guys we're good and you know it just puts you at ease like you don't worry and you know you make mistakes and he bails you out for it right like yeah. and that gives you more confidence player like you know there was i don't remember which game it was i remember i got backdoored real bad clean out from x and instead of the guy catching ball, Blaze steps out, picks the ball off, goes the other way with it, right? Like, yeah. just giving you that support of, like, wow, like, I didn't mess up. Like, I can move on so much quickly. Like, I don't know. From, from a talent no. perspective and a leadership perspective, you know, I think he's incredibly special. It's the best. Well, I, think, no, I think the reason your guys' defense as a whole is so good is because, like you just said, Blaze will bail you guys out sometimes because he'll make unbelievable saves. But you guys still play as if that's not Blaze back there. And I've said in the past, like, I've witnessed teams I've been on with Drew Adams when he was in his height. It almost made our defense worse sometimes because guys got a little lackadaisical about late, late, late on, Yeah, late on approaches. Yeah, like, it's okay. like, Drew will save it. And Drew will make this crazy split save. And I'll be like, yeah, oh, that's a good save, Drew. It's like, no, that was unbelievable. <laughs> and you guys suck for letting it happen. Yeah. Um, but I like that's why you guys are so good. When we talk about Blaze, we always have to bring up the defense, too. Because regardless of that, you guys still play like Blaze isn't back there. It's just a regular goalie. And that's why I think you guys have so much success. Yeah, you know, it's – I think you've definitely seen us grow from the first year, right? Like, you know, the, the first year of the league, it was myself, Jared, and Brody. We had no experience ever playing together. And every other team is, like, system-oriented. They know what they're doing, right? You know, Notre the second Dame, year, Maryland. we're in the – we're in the bubble, you know, we got like Dan Coates as our third defenseman, right? He he never played with us. Me and Jared got a little more juice. Johnny Sertic last year. Again, you know, now it's Matt Reese. Me and Jared feel like I've I've never played with a defenseman in my life for four years, right? Because it's high school, you play with different guys, different ages, college guys graduate or and then come up, right? So Jared's the first guy I've ever played four consecutive years with. Like yeah. I can't say how confident I feel. Like I know what he's gonna do. The entire time he's on the field. Like, I hope he thinks the same about me, right? And, like, yeah. I do think we play well together. And then, you know, obviously including guys in that, like Glick and Rash have been there the entire time. Yeah, I think that's the that's the unique part about – we in the first year, I'm sitting there going, all right, well, Maryland, the Maryland defense, the Notre Dame guys are on the Redwoods. They kind of have that, that talk, language, culture right away. Now that we're four years into this thing – we're starting to see like the winning teams are keeping their core group of guys together. And that chemistry is, that's a chemistry. That's a thing now. So you and your defense, you being there, you and Blaze, that's something that's irreplaceable. Just like the, almost as similar to the whip snakes to me. Yeah. I think a close defense in the PLL, especially in the PLL, because the, the field is smaller and there's a lot more shots. And I feel like playing defense in the PLL is similar to having a good offensive line in football. Right. Yeah. Every year when you see the best college football teams like, oh, yeah, this this offensive line has been together for three years and they're senior laden or whatever. Same thing with defense. And what you're saying is absolutely true. I think once you're used and it's to- a thankless and it's a thankless job, you only get you only get noticed when you suck and no one ever talks about <laughs> you when you're good. 
It's it's very similar to the offensive line for sure. <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely agree. It's uh, again, and, and and to the first thing we talked about, right? With like the whole salary thing, like that's why we hope to keep those guys together. Like we're only going to be good enough to keep going to championship games if we keep that group together. If we bring in, you know, three new D meetings and four new polls next year, like I pray that's not the case. But like it's going to take some adjusting. We're going to be bad in the regular season if we have to do that. You know. Hopefully that's not the case. I also think too, and we'll talk about this later, is there is a massive graduating class coming out of college next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, A lot of them are the same age as Sides. And (laughs) (laughs) so it's going to be. I coach at Georgetown, and, you know, we have the kid Tucker Dordovic, who's a sixth year transfer from Syracuse. I'm 25. He's turning 25. (laughs) It's like. Like I've been, I've been out of school four years now. Like right. we're about the same age. Like yeah. you know, get those kids out of college. college. They don't Crazy. know what to do now. They're like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, they're like, coach, I didn't go out this weekend because I feel too old for the bars. It's actually, it's actually ass backwards now. Now I went to Project Nine this past week, and uh, I got kids talking about having forty thousand dollars in their bank account from an NIL deal, and I'm going. What the fuck is going on? We got kids still in college that are twenty five broke, but we got. 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds have 40K. Hey, hey Scotty, I'm going to tell you one thing. Those kids are full of shit. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> what, a bar stool write those checks? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Well, Jack, we don't want to keep you too long. Um, you know, I want to – I have one more question for you. I don't know if these guys might have one or two more. But, you know, we, we touched upon, you know, you play with that chip on your shoulder. Um, you know, you really add that toughness. And we've seen it from college. Have you always played like that? I feel like, you know, you really, you know, you toe that line between, you know, playing tough and, you know, making, you know, the attackman know, you know, you, you might have got to the rack this time, but that's not fucking happening again because I'm going to take your head off again. So, like, tell me about that mindset of your approach to defense and have you always been like that, you know? Pretty much, yeah. Like, uh, none of my parents played the cross. Like, I was new to play. I started in seventh grade, right? And, my, the only thing my dad ever cared about was that I played hard. He was like, I don't care how you do, but if I don't think you played hard, I'm going to lose my mind. And but like in a good way, like in a constructive way. But at the same time, like there was a lot of situations from seventh to 10th grade where we had those conversations in the car ride home because he didn't think I played hard enough in the game. Right. So, you know, that and then I was fortunate enough to have coaches in like, you know, club ball and high school and even in college. Right. Like. They were okay just letting me do what I kind of felt was necessary. Jack, like, just we, tell Jack, just tell the truth. You learned from Kevin Understein how to be a scumbag, right. and you're the best at it. Anybody, I mean, it's fucking. Anybody ever <laughs> wants to, yeah, ask like, why do you do what you do? Ninety five percent is Ku and yeah. Ku and Ku alone. Yeah. So yeah. now, but again, like having a guy like that who like loves the way you play, like, and it, he'll get it. Like I remember the maybe the first scrimmage he ever had as like the defensive coordinator for us, there was a, he didn't think I was playing. I, I don't know what the situation was, but he looked at me from the sideline. He was like, if you can't handle it, let me know. And we started, we just screamed at each other on the field. And I went and played fantastic the rest of the game. And he came up to me. He was like, I don't like that you yelled back, but if that's what we have to do, it's okay. But yeah, yeah like he, he was like, he pushed me to do that. And then, you know, getting the pros towers is just like, yeah, go, go get everybody. And same thing with Blaze. Blaze was like, you know, I've gotten a couple emails from the league about like, 
this play is reviewing for a fine. This play is reviewing for a fine. Like, fortunately, <laughs> I haven't really had too many go through. But Blaze is always like, I got your fines. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. play hit anybody that comes across the middle, and I'll take yeah. care of everything else for you. Um, and it's and it's wild, and that's a wild thing because your defense has some big trees out there, man. And, 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 and you know who's got the most bark? The freaking pit bull right here. He's got the one that's going to put you up down. I, I do give them some shit sometimes because it's like we'll like go through the matchups. And it's like I have the big guy on that team, and it's like okay, I'm I'm the smallest dude out here, yeah. above eight ninety maybe, but no, yeah. I love that. You play big, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's you know it's so you know funny how you kind of you worded that because it's almost you know a freedom to have a coach that's going to let you play like that. That's going to be, you know, okay with maybe a flag to, to send a message to the attack that, you know, you're not fucking around. And I think, you know, you know, I'm a Villanova graduate. I'm a Villanova fan watching how you've kind of coached up those guys at Georgetown. You know, they play with your mentality and, you know, they're no bullshit down there. And, and I can tell that you probably coached the exact way you play. Nah, absolutely. Right. And, you know, a, a, another, you know, another Long Island guy who I gave a ton of credit to on the defensive side is Kevin Warren, right? Ward Melville got head coach at Georgetown. He's a defensive awesome. master. Man. Like he's, he's so smart. He's allowed me, you know, he's been a tremendous like boss in a sense of allowing me to really have a lot of time to talk to the D guys, like get in on some of the D drills, like show them exactly what I'm thinking in certain scenarios. Like he wants me to be giving them that feedback. So, you know, again, I'm very thankful to have him as a boss. I give him a ton of credit. He does a great job with all of them and allows me to kind of add my bits and pieces where, you know, I see fit. Awesome. No, absolutely. Fellas, we got anything else for Jack before we let him go? No, we kept him for yeah, 10 minutes over his time. I appreciate him, man. No, no, yeah, no. Jack. Appreciate you. Yeah, we really appreciate Jack. And, um, you know, we wish you luck this year coaching down at Georgetown. And, you know, we wish you luck in your future. We, we love watching you play, man. Thanks, guys. Now you guys are great. Yeah, Jack. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Talk soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We hope you enjoyed Jack. I know we enjoyed having him on. I mean, I love that we got him to open up about, you know, being a little chippy because I'll tell you what, you know, as a former, you know, attacker and watching him play, I would not want to be seeing him on that side of the field. Yeah. But, man, yeah, what a be slinging it with us. We love that. Um, so now that we're back, we're going to, you know, start talking about the offseason. Um, we're going to do two teams every week for the rest of the fall. Um, we're going to talk about the chaos. I know we touched upon it a little bit in Jack's interview, and we're going to talk about the Atlas. But before we get into those teams specifically, let's talk about the new, uh, you know, free agency type of situation we got going on in the PLL because it's new this year. Guys, what do you think about this? Um, you know, there's a $735 salary or $35,000. Yo, Greg, I just got a little tick. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> That's the MLO salary cap. <laughs> My bad. $735,000 salary cap with a minimum contract of $25,000. So what do we think about these, these stats, fellas, and how this offseason is going to play out? We were, well, we were, I think yeah, that's People are going to look and say, oh, man, only $25,000 is supposed to be a full-time job. People have to understand, we built to this situation. 2015, when I was uh, ML MVP, I made $12,000. Okay? I probably spent $9,000 on Warrior OG Blades. So I was barely making any money. So the, like right now, this is progress. The fact that any player out there could potentially make fifty dollars to $100,000 is absolutely bonkers when you look back to just as recent as 2018. So that's just one thing to remember. The second thing here is I love this 
You know, like those those of you guys out there who've played Madden, right? You sit there and you're like try to you know, franchise mode, trying to like make the salary cap work and shit. And my, my brother, he's a sports agent. He was a total nerd. He used to do that. And uh, yeah, like that's this is pretty cool to try to figure out the math on this. So just off the bat, twenty five thousand dollars may seem little now, and hopefully ten years from now we're laughing at it. But it's actually like what like a max salary in the old MLL. So it's, it's definitely an improvement just so people know at home. Yeah. And, and like you said, the, the math, how that works out, you know, there's, I think 25 players on an active roster. If each player say hypothetically makes $25,000, that's $635,000. So there's a buffer of around a hundred thousand dollars for GMs to play within wiggle room. And the GMs are the coaches, which, Personally, I have a problem with that. We'd let you guys, you know, hear what you guys think about that. Hey, but Scotty, yeah. you look like you want something to say. Yeah, I, I just want to apologize to our fans because, you know, to be quite frank, I majored in ceramics at Notre Dame. And, um, you know, this math talk is, 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 is quite honestly not my wheelhouse. But I do know that there's a lot of egos that go into this thing and guys that want to get paid or are going to think they deserve to get paid. And thank God I'm not one of those coaches slash GM roles where you have to fit this salary and also appease somebody's ego. Because that's honestly what it comes down to. When somebody wants something, it's because either performance was, it's performance based. So there's like, it's like getting a raise in any other job and, you know, in a corporate setting, I'm in a sales job. If I hit my, you know, commissions and crush it, I go to president's club. I get rewarded. So it's almost that sense to me. Like, is there a good enough reward? or incentive for these guys, right? And that's that's where I go back and forth with it. Well, this is what I'll say. Um, and once again, I'll, use, I'll just use myself as an example. So after that year, we won the championship 2015. 2016, we had offseason. And there were guys. So the max contract in the MLL was 16 grand. That was the max contract. Time out. Losers okay. were getting some brown paper bag money. Come on. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, that's not. We can't talk about that. I could be. I will tell you right now. There was only one guy who was getting that. All right, stop. And, Keep move forward. Okay. I am. Okay. <laughs> so my point was, is I was talking to the GMs in the off season, and I was like, "Yo, look, I want you to hold this team together because I feel like we can go on a run and be a dynasty." And he was like, look, like, I got to be honest, there's going to be a lot of guys that want a max contract. Like, obviously, you do. You were the league MVP. I was like, no, I don't need that. I don't need it. What's an extra $4,000? Like, I, if I can win another ring, then pay me the same amount of money. Now, here's what the MLL was able to do that I don't think the PLL could is, yes, maybe some guys got a little brown paper bag money. But what I was able to do is say, hey, every single city that I go and play a Lizards game – I would also like to run a face-off academy clinic. So just make sure I'm able to do that and get me some field space. And then I'll make way more than that extra four grand over the course of a season. The PLL has a completely different rule, though. In the PLL, you can't run a clinic in the same city within, I think it's like 100 miles of where they're playing that weekend. Because you're competing then with the PLL academy. Now... The MLL looked way different than the PLL as far as most guys back then had an office job and they played lacrosse on the weekends where Paul and Mike really want this to be full-time lacrosse players. And I get that. But that also means that you have to also probably have another lacrosse job as a coach or a clinic director or whatever. So it is going to be enticing, but it's to the person who has the right situation in their life. If I make, say, a bunch of money in the NLL, 
I have a decent camp business that's a, that's you know situated or a club program, yeah. and I play in the summer. Yep. I don't need that extra ten grand. No. Save that and go get the stud attackman for me. But some guys, if you're young, man, that five or ten grand is a huge it's, difference. It's man. crazy. It's it's so big, dude. Five grand when you're 24, 23, It's like fucking. Trust me. I mean, the MLL. I, we were talking to Withers, right? We were talking to a couple guys, like Canadian guys. Some of those guys, like you know, they come from blue collar backgrounds, right? They, they, they either go here or they go be firefighters. And that's like, my dad's a correction officer. I'm from that kind of background, right? Greg, you're similar. You give me 20 K and 25, 30 K I'm living pretty good for, for, I know I've never had that before. So it's like I said, it's relative. And as this thing, we keep talking about the growth of the thing, right? As this does grow, players will, we never ask questions back in the MLL days. Cause we knew, we knew what it was. Like I knew we're we on didn't L- ask questions because we didn't want the answer. I didn't want, want to. I didn't want to hear that. I know we're on a freaking streaming network. I know we're not. Yeah. No one's paying for the LSN thing. I know all these answers that I don't want to hear. So now, yeah. the, the the thing is, you know what? They know it's on ESPN. They know there's nineteen thousand fans at that championship. They don't want. They want to know where that money's allocated. And now that's actually a great point because I was going to say they have the you know. The, um, the people on Twitter now, there are so many people that pay attention to PLL, which is very cool. You know, um, there's going to be somebody who immediately tweets out, hey, we just found out that this guy's getting 25 and this guy's only getting and this guy's getting 35 on this team. Like those are going to be public very quickly. People are going to be on Twitter in a second. Now, Dan, you said something interesting about you don't like that the coaches are also the GMs. Now, in a perfect world, 20 years from now, I don't think that'll be the case because this is a financial decision, right? Have Adding nine GMs to the league, that's a lot of freaking money that you have to pay in salary, mm-hmm. okay? No, now, I know, I know. But the, it does put you in a very interesting situation when you're a coach and you have to make the financial decisions, right? Danny, you're going to get paid 40. Scotty, you're going to get paid 25. Wait a minute. I played just as many minutes as Danny. Like, like, and then maybe the game time decisions, maybe the tr- like that's that's a lot. I don't think the coaches like that at all. But eventually, I mean, I think it's strictly a financial decision, right? Well, now. Yeah, yeah, Greg, that's a great point because sorry, Danny. Um, no, you're good. I just feel like a lot of these coaches, that conversation financial is a whole different conversation than cutting a guy or releasing a guy. It's, it's a harder conversation. It's a harder conversation because you know, it's coming down to somebody's livelihood. Releasing yeah. a guy, you almost feel like that guy's going to get picked up or yeah. he'll be okay. On my end, I was a 12 year vet. He'll figure it out. He's got a camp business. He's established. He's built a brand. They don't feel any, there's no empathy there, but wow. now you're taking money. Now you're taking money out of somebody's pocket, which yeah. pays the bills. And they have to make that call on top of game time decisions. It's yeah, just especially a lot. when you're just like like Nat Saint Laurent. You think Nat Saint Laurent? I'm sure is at home going, dude. I just want to coach lacrosse. Yeah. Don't tell me how much I'm supposed to tell a man how much he's worth. Right. Like I don't want to deal with that. Right. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally agree. I, it's uh, it's a but I will say it is refreshing to have this conversation where, like you said, the MLL was just wild west, man. And even in the PLL, the first year or two, you know, like, you know, when I was getting calls like, hey, can you come back? How much to, you know, have you come back? Those discussions are over now, right? 
So like it's it's here are the rules, and we're all playing by the rules because we want this to be a legitimate league. So I, I applaud that. Yeah, so you know what? Sorry, one last point on that because that's a great point there. I wanted to hit on is in the MLL. People don't know this. I don't think the some of the new viewers and, and people that listen now younger, the dads probably do. There was league owned teams, and then there was independently owned teams, which had owners, and owners could shed a little more money for some guys that they might want. And league-owned teams, I played for one of the league-owned teams. Greg played for one of the the owner-based teams. So the discrepancy there was the owner could try to do a lot. He could maybe get you uh, a house in the city. He could maybe get you housing and a fully furnished apartment and just put it on his tab and just soak it. And that would be like an added incentive for you to be there. On the, on the, the league-owned teams... Dude, we were getting Jimmy John subs. You know, Ohio did a great job with what we had with allocation of funds from the league. But at the end of the day, we always looked at the Bayhawks, the Lizards, the Blaze. Um, the Yo, Cannons were the Cannons, ones. The Cannons also were. We played um, for the Cannons, though. Yeah. The Cannons. The league took care of the Cannons, boy. The Cannons. The, I had something listen, crazy going on over listen, there. Listen, Rob Hale, I mean, such a generous guy. I mean, yeah, he was giving me steak dinner for just showing up to practice. Yeah. 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 And get- meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. meanwhile, the launch couldn't get anybody to pick up the tab for for their own hotels. And that's hey, hey, and that's and that but also though, thinking about the, the performance of the guys this season, think about some of those guys that played in the grit, like McCardle. McCardle. Yeah. Right? He's played pissed off and his identity is like a grumpy player, nasty motherfucker. You know why he's nasty? He got dressed in a goddamn tent. Why are the Rochester Rattler guys so like hard nosed, blue collar? They got dressed in trailers. So there is a correlation between the toughness that that we that they went through and how that's kind of affected immediate performance in this league. I also think gratefulness. Like, yeah. like I know the 2019 season. I, I mean, granted, I was grateful to just play one more year and just be in, involved, but like. Seeing what you had before now, like, you know, you'll talk about generations of people and they're like, oh, you don't know what it was like back in blah, blah, blah. You should be grateful for like the guys who come in now. They have no idea. No idea. But um, I digress. We should move on. Actually, I know we could talk about this forever. And I think this is a super interesting topic and it's going to continue to develop as, you know, the offseason progresses. And I'm really excited to you know, keep following along as, as it progresses. But I just want to end it on one this topic on one question for you guys because I thought you guys brought up so many great points. But with, you know, Greg, I thought, you know, the point you brought up is like, you know, I'll take a pay cut to keep this team together. You yeah. know, just because, you know, I love this core. I love playing with these guys. It's familiarity. So do you guys think it's going to be a lot of player movement or do you think guys are going to try to stick together? So well, I so – I think Sorry, go ahead. Greg, yeah, I think Greg Greg obviously was talking about it's funny, I was laughing because I go, Kevin Durant's trying to do this, but he's talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, right? And, and Greg's talking about 4K and and, and it, it is different. And but I just think right now there are certain teams that have bought into the culture of we need to be together to win. There are other teams in that league right now that are like the cannons. I, I, I hate to beat them up because I, I like everyone on that team. I like everything, but guess what? I don't know if there's a core. I know there's a star player. I know there's a star player that should get paid, 
but I know there's two other teams, like three now. I think the Water Dogs, the Whip Snakes, and the Chaos are the best. Oh, because the Archers are going to have to make some. They used to be the, actually, the Archers too. So the Atlas to me are trying to build a team that stays together. But I, I, I just feel like the way they, they're going to move. Um, and I feel like obviously the Cannons need to move. And the, the, the Chrome are young. So right now, everything feels like a honeymoon phase. Everything's going to be good until those tough decisions have to be made of, is Logan Wisnowskis more valuable than Brandon Nickturn? And that's when things really get a little a little interesting. No, but my question was, are they going to take a pay cut to keep it together? Like, what do you so, think? Do you think we're going to see a lot of movement? Greg, what do you think? You have to remember, there's, there's multiple things that are involved with this, right? One, this isn't the only thing that's going to add to rosters or detract from them. The draft is going to happen. And we talked about it with, with Nick, uh, Rouse, Nick Jack. Is his younger brother, Jack Rowlett. Um, we talked to Jack and, you know, look, there's going to be a whole mess of 24 year olds coming in the league next year. And that is going to, I mean, that is, they're not adding a team as far as we know. So this is going to be a crazy culture change going on in this league. It's going to be a crazy also guys like Brody Merrill. Tucker Durkin, multiple guys, you know, maybe DNAP. We don't know who's going to stick around for another year or two. Um, but there's going to be an injection of a ton of young talent coming in. I shouldn't say young, middle-aged talent. <laughs> All right. So that's the other thing to remember. Now, you also have to remember, it's this is a this is an individual by individual situation, right? Me coming in, like we talked about, Scotty, at 22, that extra 10 grand – Dude, screw it. Put me anywhere for that extra 10 grand. I'll go play anywhere and yep. be a great face off guy. I don't care. Yeah. Middle of my career, when I'm at my height, dude, oh, I man. want this. I want to, if, if, our, if we're a good team, so if I'm the Atlas and I am Trevor Baptiste, I am not going, knowing Trevor, I'm not, I don't want to speak for him, but just knowing him, he's not going to sit there and nickel and dime a team if he knows that he could keep this nucleus together because he wants a championship. Yeah. That's what Trevor Baptiste wants. He just won an MVP award. He doesn't have anything else to prove to anybody. Yep. He wants to win a ring now. Yep. And, you know, he's not going to sit there in that office and argue about it. But maybe the guy who plays next to, you know, maybe a Tucker Durkin, right? You're the second best long pole on a team and you know a guy's aging out. If he's retiring, I want a piece of what he was making because I deserve that. I've been a starter all year. We had a great defense, et cetera. So I really think there's things to consider. Where are you in your career? What is most important to you? And what else is happening outside of lacrosse? If you have a full-time job and you're make, you know, you have a finance job, you're a Notre Dame grad, right? You're you're uh, you know, didn't make up- ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you're, you're glazed, right? And you know, Glaze has another job outside. He's you know, really good in the financial world. Maybe he's sitting there going, keep this team together longer so I can crush it. Yeah. You know, like I, I want to win a ring before I retire from lacrosse. So everybody's got a different situation based on what you have going on. Um, so that's the thing that people have to remember. This is very individualistic situation by situation. No, I, I, I love totally you, agree. Danny, Danny, you're right, though, with the like the I think those teams, it's, it might be like the Chrome, right? The Chrome of the young guys right now. Those guys probably coming off a year where they were just getting the, they were the punching bag of the league the whole time. And this year, now they're back there. Your focus as a pro, as a young pro, I, I gotta be honest. I've been through it. I'm thinking about, I, I've earned more money. I've, I've earned more yeah. money. It's four years in now, three years in this league. Our team is significantly better. 
I deserve to get paid now. And then the guy, like Greg said, well, on the other end, the, the vet is going, I've won my champ. I've won champion. Uh, I've won MVPs. I've hit my accolades. I just want to win and go, go off into the sunset and I'll, I'll sacrifice. No, I hear, so, I hear both of you. You're both so making, let's both talk making about really the chaos in that vein. Absolutely. Right? I was just going to say. guys are hitting free agency. We have 19 guys in the chaos hitting free agency. This is probably, you know, we just talked about Jack. He wants to keep that team together. They have 19 guys hitting free agency, and there's some big names. You know, they have Mac O'Keefe, uh, Westberg, Ryan Smith, Chase Frazier, Jared Newman, and Max Adler. I mean, those are pieces to, you know, their championship two years ago and their championship run this year. It's going to be super interesting to see for all the reasons you guys just mentioned how they allocate the money. You know, everyone can't make $40,000. I don't think the math can add up that way. Um, so it comes so down here, to here's, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to just be an analyst for a second, not a, a, you know, a friend or fan of anybody because I want to be a little bit more cutthroat about this. So if I'm if I'm looking at this roster here, okay, Ryan Smith, Kellen uh, Rogers, um, Pat Resch, Matt Reese, Mac O'Keefe, Jared Newman, those guys are not in the same same discussion in my opinion as a Tahoka or a, Kenner, a, a Kevin Crowley a or a Max Adler or Westberg. Those guys are completely different tiers as far as what the, what the chaos can find somewhere else, right? When we look at the core, you need your close defense back. You absolutely need, you know, your your core of your offense back. In the draft, you will be able to find a whole bunch of $25,000 guys that are coming in that can replace. Dude, face-off guys alone. Look, Scott, face-off guys on a lot of teams. If your name is not Trevor Baptiste, Nardella, um, Withers, or um, uh, what's it, Connor Farrell, you better be ready this offseason to improve because there are studs and there's dozens of them. That's just face-off guys. Listen, so listen, what's the matter, Scotty? Listen, I, I just think he's he's right. He, and listen, if we're trying to just call it as it is, I'm friends with Max Adler too. But guess what? At the end of the day, Max has to go to camp. And if he has to play for minimum to try to win a spot and beat a guy, he has to do that. And I agree with you 100%. He's not they are absolutely left. taking a face-off guy. In I understand. So but, uh, but also, back to Jack's point. And I've been on these teams where I've had three great cover guys or I've had a Steve Waldeck, a Matt McMahon, and a Jackson Place. And we won a championship with the, 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 the cohesive unit, not the stud unit. And I had uh, Nick Fields and Bryce Young and uh, Jackson Place playing. We got rid of McMahon. We moved McMahon. We moved Waldeck. And we went 0-8. Because of the cohesiveness, the slide packages were off. That, Like Jack said, he knows exactly where. If we think Newman's not doing well, guess what, though? That whole team has played with Newman for four years to cover up those deficiencies. So, so here's, no, a, here's and, a hypothetical. Just, I, want to, I want to give you guys a hypothetical. So say Newman, you know, four-year guy, Rowlett had nothing but great things to say about him. He's, you know, bomb squad, fastest shot. You know, he's proven himself as a defenseman. Um, he wants, you know, more money now. He's proven himself – if you're, you know, the coach, aren't you saying, you know, I can get as good of a defenseman probably out of the draft for a discount if Newman wants this much money? Do you do you keep the team together? No, no I think Andy, Andy, Andy. Yeah. So, hold on. That was the point that I was trying to make. I wasn't saying these guys suck and these guys are great. I'm going strictly by replaceability 
And I was just picking off a few names to oh, yeah. start with, guys that absolutely should be part of this team, yeah. that you should give more money if they need it. Because a lot of these guys are second or third string guys, right? Like Jerry Raganese, I love Jerry. Jerry played half of one game, yeah. right? Um, you know, Tommy Kelly, it was exactly the same this year as he was since 2019, okay? Nothing improved or whatever. Kevin Crowley is – I don't even know if Kevin Crowley is going to play next year. Yeah, right. C.J. Costabile had an amazing year, but who knows if he's playing next year. So my point is, as a, as a coach slash – you only have this much to play with. You look at your guys and say, the glue guys, like you said, Scotty, right? I'm not, I'm not messing with Jared Newman. He's getting – unless he asks for something unreasonable, yeah. we're going to convince him to stay 100%. Yeah. But I love Austin Cow, but – I can get a, a rookie goalie you get a rookie to come goalie. in and get paid twenty five grand. You get a rookie right? goalie. Like I love Cow too, but you, you're going to get. It's not about relationships. And that's what I'm saying. Is, yeah. is Max Adler was, you know, sometimes he was good, sometimes he was, you know, but he got crushed in the championship game. So you're sitting there going, "Look, I have three faceoff guys. So yeah, I'm going to keep Max because he's our starter. But maybe the other two guys, I either trade or waive. And there's absolute every single team in the league is going to draft a faceoff guy yeah. this year. I get a 25,000 guy, maybe two, to come into camp. And that's what I'm saying is you're going to have to be so savvy about saving five grand here and there. So when Jared Newman does come in on that call and say, I want to get paid 50 grand this year, it's like, dude, Jared, you're an all-star. How am I going to say no to that? Because you and Jack Roulette, we cannot fuck that up. Right. We have to keep you guys back there. Right. So that's what that's what I'm saying. Right. And, and Greg, Danny, just going on now, I know we're going long, but we knew we were going to get into this a bit. It's – you got to think like this. There's, we talk about time of life. Time of life for pro is is over me and Greg's time. It's we went through. Greg's been married, kids. You know, like I'm, I, I'm not, but I've had to change my money allocations. Uh, oh, okay. I thought we were getting an announcement. I, okay, I definitely spent more some seasons than others. Okay, so <laughs> uh, going off of that, if Jared was to get married, if Jared was to buy a house, he is not going to pivot from where he wants to be with a number. And that's a life choice. That's not a coach. I hate this team. I'm being selfish because as Greg knows, now that we're in this business end of lacrosse and we have to make tough business shoes. We, me and Greg just talked to another, uh, you know, a camp guy, you know, we won't say who, but you know, we were trying to work numbers out. How do we make this right? Right? Like, how do we make this right? And it's not about saying we'll do it for nothing because we can't, we can't do it. I would if I could, but I can't. So these players are doing the same thing. It's just really tough because there's life choices that come into money. Yeah. Yeah. And Scotty, also to say on the other way, like say I'm Max Adler and, and I'm like, look, man, like, you know, I, I did win a championship with you. Like, yeah. you know, I might not be top tier, but yeah. I won a championship with you and I plan on getting better. And the guys love Okay, me. Max, well, you know, we don't, we don't feel that way. Okay. Screw you then. I'm going to go to the cannons and get paid five grand more because I did well against them and they're going to pay me. Like, this is this is why this whole thing started, and this yeah. is why this is something we always complained about. We were told it was impossible to do in men's lacrosse and pro lacrosse, and Paul and Mike figured it out. So this is gonna be this is gonna be so fun, like for oh, us. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Sit back and see how this goes. Hundred percent. I mean, 
I think we touched upon a lot of hypotheticals with the chaos. They have a lot of decisions to make. And I hope, you know, the guys, you know, if you're listening in, we're not, we're not picking on anyone. We're making hypotheticals. There's a lot of, a lot of business decisions that have to be made. I got released. These guys, these guys could kiss my ass. These guys, these guys could kiss my ass. I got released as a a legend of this game. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. So they could be fine. I'm just covering my tail unless I run into one of these guys. You're fine. You're fine. No, I All I'm saying is, Jerry Ragonese is undefeated as a face-off guy for the chaos, and someone should should pay that man $75,000. There you go. Okay. There you go. That's what I'm saying. And, fellas, before we wrap the show, we got one more team we want to touch on, and we can hit on this quick. Um, it's the Atlas. And, you know, this is another team that showed so much promise this year. They have some pretty big names that, you know, are coming into their free agency. You know, they have Brent Adams, who's been a staple for them. We know he's kind of towards the back end of his career. Bucaro and Jake Carraway, two Georgetown guys that play together, are still young. Um, Cade Van Raphorst, who, you know, he's probably going to want, you know, a little bit, you know, grease and grease the pot a little bit. He's their their guy down low, so they're going to have some tough decisions to make as well. Is he, though? From from what we know – you know, um, is he their guy, Danny, or is he an offensive pole with Tucker Durkin still being the guy? And that's where ego is going to be a big piece of who is getting staying, who has the right goal in mind, who has a no, financial goal in mind. Absolutely. And Scotty, yeah. I mean, you know, Rubio is not afraid to to make any of these decisions yeah. as we've seen him in the past with the Atlas. So if I think I could be any coach GM going into this year. It's Ben Rubio. I mean. You had a phenomenal year. You have the league MVP who is just getting to his prime. He's yep. not even his prime yet. You got to keep him. You have a very small amount of guys that are re- reaching this area. And I also think there are guys that, for the most part, may be on the backside of their career that are going to be hitting free agency. You have the first and third picks of the draft. By the way, Ben Rubiar still might be wanted um, for what he did to the cannons on that trade, he's still now, wa- he's still wanted for what he's going to do because Jack Caraway, Jack Caraway is going to be playing for the cannons this year, or he or he's going to be on someone else's team scoring a lot of goals because he is a very good player, and I know it just didn't fit, but he's not going to stay. Someone else is going to come in there, right? That's another. That's the one guy that's gone. Who else? No, is that's gonna- another great point that we didn't touch on earlier too. Is people forget playing time. Means a lot to players. Hey, I was on a championship team. We want to keep this this group together. Screw you, dude. I didn't play the last four games of the season. I yeah. want out of here, man. Yeah. Um, so you know, guys will probably you know if you're getting humbled, you'll take a pay cut to just get some playing time somewhere else. But going back to the Atlas, you know, if I'm Tucker Durkin, we don't know how many more years Tucker's going to play. Tucker's becoming a you know he's the defensive coordinator for Drexel. He's kicking ass. I would be shocked if he's not a head coach somewhere yep. in the next five years. Yep. Um, you know. It's going to be very, very interesting to see, you know, like you said, Caraway is a wild card. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. But if I'm looking at the Atlas offseason compared to all the decisions poor Andy Towers has to make, it's definitely a better situation than what's going on over there. It's chaos. So, so Danny, but, Danny, think about this, Danny. Jake Richards is going to be – he's invited to his fourth Team USA roster tryout. He is that caliber of a player. But – Knowing that they have the young guy from uh, from Denver, Danny Logan, that guy is the guy on that team. So then, therefore, Jake might go, dude, he's not this kind of guy. Jake's the man. He's the most humble guy in the world. But guess what? At the yeah. end of the day, Jake's going to go, I, I've been on the USA roster, training roster for the last four years, my guy. Like, if you're just getting rid of me for nothing and not giving me a five a bump or keeping me at my current salary, I'm not going to want to stay here. 
No, yeah. it's a great point. And like Greg, you were saying, I mean, Dallas are drafting first and third. I mean, yeah. So let's play devils. Let's not. Let's play hypotheticals, right? Tucker Durkin either retires or says, "Hey, I want a ludicrous amount of money for this last year." Hey, do you Sorry, know something? Tucker. Do you know something we don't know about Tucker? I feel like is he retiring? Because the way we're talking, no, Scotty. Scotty, this is a, a lacrosse podcast where we're supposed to analyze and talk about what we think is going to happen. That's what, what does that word mean? What does that word? What does that word mean? Uh, the A word. Analysts. Oh, let's go. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm just saying hypotheticals. If I have the first and third pick, that gives me a lot of leeway in how I deal with this because I'm going to get two $25,000 guys that are starter caliber yep. immediately. And old. So that means two of these guys in the in the offseason can take a walk mm-hmm. if I'm Ben Rubior. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is I could get a starting caliber shorty D, you know, D midi right off the bat or two-way midfielder and I to, to replace Brent Adams. And I could get an immediate starting caliber close defenseman to plug the holes that maybe Tucker or somebody or you know Cade, somebody might walk to get more money somewhere. That is I mean, that is awesome for a team that was actually first place many times throughout the season this year and was a lot of people's pick to win the whole thing. And they have the league MVP. So I feel like this is a great situation to be in. They're they're well, definitely yeah, I, having a little bit more to play with then. It's less decisions. They have more, I think, like I mentioned, you know, I think they have a little bit bigger, you know, name brand guys that can try to go get a bag in terms of like Cade. There's one coach. There's one coach, Danny, that will make these decisions and not flinch. And, and I will not tell you fuck. I know. And I, know. I will tell you right now, it's not a it's I'm not coming at him. I, I've been through it. It's it's how he is and 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 it's how he coaches and how he makes decisions. It's I, it's one of the things I respect about Ben. He doesn't He's give gonna a put shit. his guys on the field no matter what. He's gonna put he his guys on the field that he wants to play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that, at the end of the day, so this, this is different than like Greg said. There's a Nat St. Laurent piece. There's a, um, there's a pseudo is a Rochester guy. He might not tell Manly to kick rocks ever. Right. Those are relationship built. Nat, Nat's been with guys. I'm telling you, there's certain coaches that will, Rubier is made for, uh, Stags. Stags is a guy that I could see just making the, be- the, the best move for the team or whatever he thinks is right for the team. So those are, it, it's, it's, it comes down to personal dynamic. It comes down to, but Rubes, this isn't that hard for me. I think Rubes makes these calls and he doesn't, and he doesn't lose, lose any sleep. Of course he does. Like I just said, this is, first off, you got a guy who loves this shit. Secondly, this is, this is the easiest possible situation for what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, you're gonna go. It's okay. I have the first round pick. Yep. <laughs> but this kid's better than you, <laughs> and he's younger. I have a question for you guys, and you guys might not know the answer. It might be something we have to look up on the back end. But is there a rookie max? Like, if you draft a first round pick, we know the minimum is twenty five k. Can you? Is there a ceiling for rookies? I think that is a great, a great question. question. I think that's. I would be shocked yeah. if Paul and Mike didn't think of that. I mean, because other leagues, other professional leagues do. Like NHL is rookie and max because, has to age out of. I think if the MLL was still existing trying to compete, there there wouldn't be. Right. But because there isn't, I wouldn't be shocked if there was. The NLL has that rule. The NLL is like, here, you're going to come in the first year. You're going to make dirt. Yep. But if you're awesome, that next contract is going to be awesome. Yeah. So who knows? Well, yeah, that's Danny. Some interesting for us to look up. 
Danny, you said that right away. And I, I think uh, right away, I think here's two rookies that I put into that. That's a great point. Brendan Nickturn comes in from Army. I, I didn't think he was going to be the player he was, but he was. Okay. And then you look at a guy like Logan. Logan is coming from a Torton. And a Torton, fine, a Torton winner, I feel like a Heisman winner, has the, every ability to say, I should get rookie max. And, and, and I don't know. We should find that number out. But that's definitely a great thing. But now you're looking at the tables have turned after a year. Brendan Nick turn. Brendan Nick turn could say, I want Shit, the bag. Did you see how fast those tables turned? Well, no, I know. I know. I know. I'm trying to get a tryout. I'm trying to get a tryout. Try out. There's, try there's, out. So many, there's so many scenarios that we're playing around with and we're having fun with it. And that's why I said earlier, you know, there's going to be – it's going to be cool to watch. You know, it's the first time there's ever been something like this, you know, in lacrosse. And, you know, Paul and Mike are making this happen. And They're, we get to exploit it. <laughs> and we get to watch it unfold. <laughs> And we get to shit on coaches' decisions for it. And we get to hopefully see how much certain players get. And uh, I'm excited for it all to pan out. Fellas, do we have anything, you know, to wrap up with in terms of, you know, we, we talked about the Atlas. We talked about the chaos. We were pumped to have Rowlett on. Like we said, we're interested to see how this all folds out. We're going to keep our fans, you know, educated on, on how it plays out. Keep it updated. We'll find out if there's a rookie max for everyone. But, guys, anything you know, want to finish Yeah, I, Yeah, I think this is going to be a – this is a lot more fun. To t- I mean, I'm saying I had a great time in our first 10 episodes and finishing it. This, us getting re-upped and, and doing this, this is, it makes you think a little bit more. And it's it's not analytical, more so. Um, we're, we're, we're not guessing, we're educated guessing. Our hypothesis is uh, how these Holy things. shit. Yeah. I'm watching the wheels turn in Scotty's head in real time right now. If yeah. anybody's listening to this, yeah. you got to get on YouTube and watch what I just watched. Yes, oh, incoming, incoming text bomb. Incoming text bomb from producer Noah. Shout out Noah. Top four picks have salaries above the league minimum, with the first overall getting 30K, then second 28.5, then third 27, then fourth 26 in that order, the rest all making $25,000. So, so the Atlas right yeah, away. No. So the, wait, so the Atlas right away soak a 30 and a 27, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. So 27 and 30 is almost, you almost get down near 60,000. So now. Sixty thousand dollars. Good job, Scotty. I know. I know. So now, so now, sixty thousand dollars is out of out of the out of the seven twenty five. I wasn't following the math, but we'll, we'll break the, it down. The cap. The cap. The cap. The cap. Yeah, seven thirty five. Yeah, seven thirty five. Seven thirty five. Seven thirty five minus sixty. Correct. Yeah. So that's yeah, what right. you're playing with. Yes. Yeah. There we go. That's the number we're looking at. Yeah. Well done. You guys just saw it. You heard it, Scotty. Play <laughs> Raj. Notre Dame <laughs> ceramics major. Shout out Noah. Shout out Noah for that little T-bomb ending the episode with uh, keeping keeping the fans educated. That's what we like to do. Um, this well, is what I like one. to do. Besides, before you sign off, I just I would like to ask the fans whether you're listening to this or you know we're probably going to make a little post of this on Instagram. Um, I would love to hear what people think. Who should the chaos absolutely keep? Like, give us three people. The chaos and the Atlas should absolutely keep in this in this roster here. I love it. I love it. That's a great point. And, you know, if we get some good responses, we could debate it on the next show. Um, that's a great point. Well, fellas, this was a fun Shit, one. Greg. I can't wait. I can't wait to I can't wait to keep breaking down um, the teams in the upcoming weeks. Remember our new schedule. Um, we're going to be 
uh, bi-weekly. So every two weeks, we're going to come out with an episode, and they're going to start dropping on Wednesdays now instead of Fridays. But fellas, this was a fucking blast. Make sure, listeners, you subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, and make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, you subscribe to Torch Pro's YouTube channel. Fellas, another great one. Let's go, baby. Awesome. To the moon, baby. See you next time. See you next one.